Welcome to the Startup Competitors Podcast, where we talk with early stage entrepreneurs to understand what information they use to inform product roadmap, strategy, and market differentiation. Welcome to the podcast. Today we're chatting with Nasima Abdi, who's the CEO and co-founder of Storybolt. Really enjoyed learning more about the Storybolt product and probably more enjoyed learning more about Nasim and her background. Super interesting. I really think you're gonna like learning about her time uh, growing up in Iran, becoming an actress, getting her PhD, teaching, and then becoming a startup founder. And I'm sure I left some stuff out of there. It's just super interesting. Brought a smile to my face while we were talking and it's bringing a smile to my face now. Just, just what a pleasant conversation. I think you'll get a lot out of this episode. With that, I also want to do a quick shout out to Fuel Merchandise Group. Fuel is uh, one of our newer sponsors here to the podcast. You can find them at fuelmerchandise.com. If you need any brand marketing or products for your company, you can get 10% off your first order. Just mention startup competitors at fuelmerchandise.com. And with that, we'll just get right on to the show. Thanks so much for listening. Welcome to the podcast. Today, we have Nassim Abdi, who's the CEO and co-founder of Storybolt. Nassim, welcome. Thank you so much, Mike. Thanks for having me. And hello, everyone. Why don't we start with a quick elevator pitch for Storybolt? Absolutely. Storybolt is a marketplace of stories and storytellers for virtual employee engagement solutions for companies and corporations make that a little bit more detailed what what is a yeah so if i'm a if i'm a company why would i use you guys and if i'm an employee what's my experience mm-hmm. i was trying to use that like few moments that you're in the elevator and i don't have enough it's all good i think you're the first person in like 110 episodes to actually give me a real elevator pitch so that's that's well done <laughs> Thanks. Well, yeah, because I got so many different feedback about like, oh, we just wanted to hear a little bit of, okay, I'm going to go with the first layer and then we can dig into the the other layers. So basically, we are a marketplace of short documentary films and the filmmakers for live Q&A sessions. And if you're an HR decision maker and would like to have brilliant lunch and learn program for your employees on topics related to corporate culture, diversity, equity, and inclusion, or anything else related to team building and allyship or anything related to corporate culture, but you don't have time to find that perfect session and book that perfect speaker and um, make sure everything is happening on time, you can um, come to our platform. Our platform could help you bring a brilliant program under one hour that is uh, meaningful and engaging as well as totally related to the topic that you're trying to cover. So when you have a topic in mind, for example, we had United Airlines, one of our clients, they requested a session on implicit bias. And when they send their request they got matched with two short documentaries then they picked their favorite one and paid for the subscription annual subscription then they could book a session of screening of the film and a live video chat with the filmmaker um, for a Q&A 
and the employees in one lab one hour watched um, a story about the, the topic, got engaged in, and asked um, their questions and had a conversation about the topic in the safe environments that the film and filmmaker created for that topic. That that's a beautiful example. Thank you for that. Is that mm-hmm. is it always a existing documentary or piece of content, or are custom pieces of content potentially created on request? So right now we are working with existing um, content, but we have like a huge pool of documentaries, more than three thousand from one hundred twelve countries around the world, and uh, we match the. the uh, documentaries that we have and that's one of the value propositions that we have so the, the HR decision maker doesn't have to go through all those 3,000 films and find the right one we do the matching right now you're using human intelligence in the future you're going to use um, in uh, artificial intelligence and um, like a recommender system but the matching happens between the topic that they request and the film what you ask is exactly our vision for the future to become that marketplace that they can also request a documentary uh, or hire a filmmaker that is the perfect match with their uh, organization culture to make the, the documentary for them. Awesome. And then you just rattled off a couple of current stats with the number of countries and uh, amount of content. Why don't you paint a little bit more of a picture of the current status of the company? Just any other kind of vanity metrics you're willing and able to share? Yeah, so we have, if I want to go more um, with more accurate numbers, now 3,650-something. I, I don't know <laughs> about the something, but um, from more than 112 countries, honestly, right now it's beyond that, which we are very excited about. So we had four global short documentary festivals, and with those uh, festivals, we've received this number of films that we have right now. So we're... When we receive the films, we do the wedding and uh, licensing of the content, and then they are available for screening and Q&As. Uh, we also, with our minimum viable product, uh, our platform, first version, we've had clients, real clients, actually pretty exciting ones. So United Airlines is one. We had um, 19, we have 19 paying customers, and we have uh, several others joining each week. Especially now during um, post COVID 19 and forced to be remote employees, virtual employee engagement programs are pretty hot right now. So we got verbal confirmation from Amazon last week. So we are excited about that. You're going to have a meeting with Google next, well, in two weeks. So there are some pretty good traction that is happening right now. But at the same time, we're also adding to our films every day based on the requests that we are getting. So, yeah. How big is the team right now? So, um, my, my co- co-founder, Bobak, Sean Mansuri, and I are started this platform. And now we have two full-time people with us who are working on um, product and content. And we have a few part-time consultants who are also helping with the, with the platform. Got it. Where did this idea come from? How did you get started with Storyvolt? So there's a story behind Storyvolt, and I'm going to, I will try to keep it short. But um, so the idea of Storyvolt um, came when I was not in the world of startups, when I was teaching in university classroom, actually. 
And I was trying to engage my students with a topic that was very close to my heart. It was impact of war on people. Unfortunately, I grew up during a brutal war and also lost my fiance due to chemical attacks. Um, and so you can imagine Sorry. that I'm, yeah, it's, uh, it's been a quiet <laughs> journey since then, but you can imagine when I'm trying to talk, when, when I talk about this or I'm trying to teach about this topic, it's something that I really want to engage my students with that. And, um, so when I got a session, Finally, with my class that was about impact of war on people, I was pretty excited, actually. I, I thought that's an opportunity for me to engage my students. And I had a big dream of like, oh, they're going to get engaged with my personal stories. Then we will go to theories and then they want to take action. They want to do something. <laughs> that was my dream. I went to class. I started sharing personal stories and they were not engaged. I couldn't, they couldn't relate to my story, probably because they've never lived in real war. I didn't even get eye contacts. <laughs> so I was pretty frustrated that day and came home, started thinking, how can I change that? And I decided to use another experience that I had, which I never thought is, is going to be helpful or useful in that way. I also happened to be the leading actress of a film that was on a tour in US and Europe and featured on Netflix a few years ago. So because of that experience, I got a lot of Q&A opportunities with the screening of the film. And I found that the best part of the film experience. I, I didn't know that it's going to be my favorite part. But when I started going to these Q&A sessions, I found how film, watching a film and together and having a Q&A after that creates a safe space for engaging conversations. And quite frankly, I made my best friends through those Q&A sessions. It was really sincere conversations that we had after the film. And I thought, well, maybe a film can help here with my class. So I decided to show them a short documentary about the issue and invited the filmmaker on video chat. And that was way before COVID-19. So that was not a normal thing to do. But it did work. It changed everything, actually. My students were gazed on the screen. They had brilliant questions to ask from the filmmaker. And it changed also everything for me. I quit my faculty position. And then I looked among my friends and network and Bobak, a friend of 11 years, who was just exiting his third startup. And um, we have always had great chemistry working together. And I asked him to join me with this. And we started building the platform. And we knew that we, need, we needed lots of documentary films on different topics. So we started with the uh, film festivals, and at first we started using this platform in universities, university libraries more specifically, because that was the place that I knew the best. <laughs> and it did work. We right. actually work with um, Northwestern University right now, uh, University of Toronto bought from us, School of Arts of Chicago, and several others. And as we went further, we found a bigger market that needs a solution for engagement. And that's companies and corporations with employee engagement, because they understand how important it is to retain high quality talent and keep them engaged in a positive culture. Before, maybe it was more a checkmark item that they had, but with millennials, it's not a checkmark item anymore. They know that it's impact their bottom line. Um, so they've been spending lots of money on 
initiatives for creating that positive culture of diversity and inclusion. And most of the time, the response that they're getting is the programs are too superficial or time consuming. So we thought, why not? This is a meaningful way to change that and also create a marketplace that works on both sides. The other side, filmmakers are also passionate to share their stories. And um, let's do it. So that's how everything got started. <laughs> I love it. And you you dropped a couple of interesting things in there about your background. So I, f- I would be remiss if I did not back you up a little bit more and say, could, could you just give me a, just a thumbnail sketch of, of your background and kind of everything you've been involved in? It sounds like there could be some super interesting stuff hidden in there. <laughs> sure, sure. So um, I am originally from Iran. I'm Iranian-American now. And I came to U.S. in 2003 as a graduate student. The year that I came actually was a year after the film that I was involved in, which goes back to other stories from back. But um, basically, a Canadian director, Canadian-Iranian director made a film and decided to go with a non-actress <laughs> as the leading actress. <laughs> and uh, he picked me as the non-actress because of my personal passion in social change and uh, the kind of activities that I was doing in my undergrad back in Iran uh, in the field of journalism. And and I had no idea which direction this film was going to go. Honestly, the film became sort of healing process for me after losing my fiance. And so sort of the whole family pushed me to the, toward that di- direction and they said, you need that. And I was sort of resisting it, thinking, what else do I need in this life? I don't need anything else and leave me alone. And they were saying, no, you need this. This is going to help you heal. And the director of the film was an amazing human being. And he also pushed and said, no, I think it's going to help you get out of the depression that you're in. So that's how the film happened. <laughs> and I had no idea how it's going to be a successful project. And it, it became a successful project, honestly, because of the brilliant filmmaker. It went to Venice Film Festival, was nominated for Golden Lion and many other international film festivals. And to me, it was like, oh, great. That, that was something that helped me a little bit get out of the depression mode that I was in and gave me a little bit of a different taste of life and when I came here as a grad student it just happened that the film finished its theatrical tour in in the US and Europe and the year after it was featured on Netflix so that was how I got the Q&A experience I was like everywhere I went I was this little grad student there and they want to have screening and Q&A and at first I was shy or it was just brought me so much memories that probably I didn't want to go back to. But then I started finding the decisions really engaging and something that I was looking forward to. (laughs) I uh, really liked the communications. Yeah, so that was it. And then I came here and I got my PhD in international education policy, sort of focusing on intersectionalities that create sort of related to diversity, equity, and inclusion themes. I was passionate about that theme, starting with teaching at universities. Actually, I was at Purdue Fort Wayne when I was 
then I had that class. And um, yeah, then all other things happened <laughs> with Storybot. So uh, award-nominated actress, PhD, uh, <laughs> professor, startup founder. I mean, so just, you know, you got nothing going on. Right on. All right. Well, uh, you put it in a way that sounds like it, huge. It's, it was not. It was just life that was happening. Uh, yeah, I, I get it. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying it's it, it's a little impressive. So, all right. So, uh, thanks for that. I, I appreciate you providing some of that background. What, by the way, what's the name of the movie? And is it still on Netflix? Mm-hmm. Actually, right now it's on Prime Video. It's called Secret Ballots. Secret Ballot by Sony Pictures. Um, 2001. So that was quite a while ago. <laughs> I'm going to check it out. <laughs> All right. So let's get back to Storybolt. Thanks for that digression. Um, when you think of competitors for Storybolt, who or what comes to mind? So um, the competitive landscape is pretty crowded with um, media platforms and film platforms. But interestingly, we don't have any direct competitors. What we are providing is a B2B SaaS model for HR decision makers to get access to exactly what they need for corporate culture or corporate events. And if you go out there, there is nothing like that. There are many video platforms, even B2B models like Canopy and um, others who provide films, but they are like depository of films. Uh, None of these other platforms do the matching that we do, which is the most important value proposition that we have for companies, saving them time. Also, we are focused on short documentaries because like companies and corporations don't want to spend more than an hour on these events. Understandably, they want to make them short and sweet and engaging. And also the, the other component that we are very proud of having from first day is the Q&A part. Having the license agreement with the filmmakers from day one, that this is not going to be just a film, but also your hours of behind-the-camera stories that you have is a knowledge that people, audience, will benefit from here about is the part that we had from day one. And um, so that's what exactly this platform provides. And there is not really much out there that provides that. Your speaking platform, like speakers platform, but that's speakers. It's not like in form of films or storytelling. Yeah. And how does the SaaS, stru- how is it structured? Am I am I signing up for like a number of employees that I have? Am I signing up for an, an amount of content that can be consumed in a month? What is What does that look like? Another great question. <laughs> so we are like, if you're familiar with Audible, the token-based model of Audible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you are because you're a podcast um, I live on Audible. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Me too. Yeah, I love Audible. And um, the model that they have, which is subscription, but also you have specific number of credits that you can use each month. And sometimes drives me crazy because I want to <laughs> start five different books at the same time. And it makes me stay focused on finishing too (laughs) and um, you also have access to some originals right Uh, some complementary content is there so our model is something similar for b2b with number of sort of tokens or uh, credits that companies can use for their different departments so if it's the director of diversity equity and inclusion and has several 
ERGs, employee resource groups on there. For example, right now we are working with Paylocity and they have 12 ERGs and they want to make sure that all the ERGs will get access to some content, not one would use all. So that the, to- the token base uh, will give them access. And our platform, the SaaS model is exactly for that. So the HR decision maker or director of DNI could sort of distribute this access to all these groups and they can um, make their own decision on what they want to do, but also make sure that everyone will get uh, access. And through the platform, basically it's a dashboard that they can submit the request and the request gets matched with two to three suggestions and they get access to those three films and um, they can watch a low resolution of the film they can read about the background of the filmmaker and like some other background information that they need to make a decision about this. And then they can rank these three options in the dashboard, like what is their top choice and what are the second and third. And then what is the date that they want to have the, the uh, screening and Q&A. And then on the other side, the filmmaker gets notified and if the first top uh, choice is available and everything is ready, then their request gets confirmed. I would say think about Airbnb for this part. It's like booking an apartment uh, with someone who sees all these different options and then you send the request and it gets confirmed. And then on the date of the event, they can just go to the platform and have the screening and Q&A. And and then is that that for that Q&A, is that priced separately or is that included in the credit? It's part of the credit. And the reason that they get that we call it like token based um, subscription is beside the Q&A and uh, screening that they get. And for example, if they are going with the lowest um, level, which is four credits for the year, um, they still get access to recorded sessions. There are some complimentary sessions that they can have the screen without Q&A. And um, they, they will get one impact report by the end of the year because we believe these sessions are attitude-changing sessions that are happening. So people will get results af- after several of these sessions. It's not something that could work one-off. They have to continue with these conversations. Some companies call them courageous conversations. So they have to com- continue with these kind of conversations among employees to get the result. And then by the end of the year, they will get an impact report knowing where they are compared to other companies and compared to where they've started from. Can I, and you you don't have to answer this if this gives away too much of the secret sauce, but w- can I ask what's in an impact report? So the impact report basically gives them a taste of um, where they've started from because we do an evaluation at the beginning when they sign up with the subscription based on a survey. Is that a, yeah, is that a survey of just the person signing up or are you surveying employees on around the topics that they're planning on hosting content for? Yeah, we, we, we send them a survey around the topics that they request and okay. they complete the survey. And then at the end of the year, we do the same model of surveys at, at each session. And then at the end of the year, we'll give them the report on uh, how they done. And we are working on some other modules to give us a come well as we build on this we can do it ourselves with our own data but right now to learn how to um how they are doing compared to other companies 
and other workplaces out there. We are collaborating actually with Princeton University right now and building this impact reports meaningfully. So they really respond to what companies are looking for on understanding the culture and what are the lags or what are the uh, opportunities for improvements. Got it. That's fantastic. This episode is brought to you by Full Stack PEO. Most founders start companies because they figured out a better way to solve a problem or serve a need, not because they love tracking payroll, filling out compliance forms, and explaining employee benefits packages. And yet, all that stuff still has to be done. That's why there's Full Stack PEO. Full Stack PEO specializes in turnkey HR for emerging companies, not just those core services, but advice and expertise that help founders maximize employee potential. Curious? Find out more at fullstackpeo.com. How long have you been in the market with your MVP? So with companies and corporations, we started sort of end of 2018, beginning of 2019. Okay. So it's been about a year, year and a half. Does that sound about right? Yeah. About a year. Yeah. So you're in uh, about 20 paying clients. Do you feel like you have product market fit? We, yes. Honestly, we feel that we almost understand what is needed. But as you know, it's (laughs) every day is a new learning. Every different models of companies and corporations, levels of like number of employees, or now we are getting requests for other countries. Like Groupon was talking about before COVID-19, they were talking about how they want other offices in different countries like Poland and UK and India also get access to that. So these are all new learnings that happens every day, but the basic, yes, we are, we got the product market fit with the basic and there's always you can change and add and make it more exciting, right? Yeah. Well, well and yours in particular, <laughs> I was just thinking through and I'm, I'm going to ask you about this in a, in a little bit. Probably don't, I probably don't want to tackle uh-huh. this one yet, but, but even just thinking through how mm-hmm. you can scale, right? You've got the ability to scale mm-hmm. possibly with different type of content into different geographies, oh, yeah. certainly different B2B mm-hmm. customer segments. Like you, like you're just, I'm. I imagine every day it's it's got to be a challenge to stay focused in your business. <laughs> it is. It is. Honestly, I just that's my promise to myself every morning that you're gonna stay focused on this task today. Don't think. Don't dream like daydream about all these other exciting things that are coming up. Some of them are though. Like as we go further, we see that they could be helpful. For example, during COVID nineteen time, because of the the isolation and the overall feeling that employees or all of us might have might have you started thinking what else besides documentaries could help like we we stick to storytelling approach but what other modes of storytelling and we started exploring with stand-up comedy instead of going with documentary which is the same kind of model if you go to stand-up comedy they are experts in all different areas that are related to culture um, so we have stand-up comedians working on um, mental health. Some are working on gender issues and all different types of stand-up comedians. And we thought, why not? Let's also explore with them. So <laughs> sometimes we do those and we get great results. But as you said, we are, we are trying to stay laser-focused right now with what we have and 
make minimum <laughs> additional things. So do you have a, a feel yet for who your ideal target customer is? Could you paint a picture of them um, in terms of like their profile? Could be size, industry, anything that helps narrow it down? Mm. So um, corporations with the Department of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion that has employee uh, resource group or they call them business resource groups under. Ideally, the tech companies that have remote employees or are familiar with this model of um, working in different time zones would be, which usually have big budget for employee engagement, right? <laughs> are the ideal clients. So right now we are pretty excited about our meeting with Google and um, the, conver- the yeah. deal that we are having with Amazon. But also on the other side, we also had some really great subscriptions with law firms and smaller companies that are passionate to to have this positive culture and they are this new trend of tech companies that already made it so they have enough employees to start a program like this so like over 75 or 100 employees and they are still not too large that they have a separate DEI director or someone who would focus on that specific field, but they have an HR decision maker who is passionate about creating that culture of engagement and involvement. Um, so that's also another group of employee group of employees and companies that we are getting good results. We are focusing on corporations right now, honestly, because of the kind of responses that we are getting. Yeah. How do you reach that target customer? What kind of marketing and or direct sales activity are you doing to to try to get in front of a buyer? Mm-hmm. So right now we are using pretty basic models of um, warm intros and um, webinars that we are having on the topics, for example, for month of May and June. Month of May is mental health awareness. Month of June is pride month. Um, we are holding a webinar about what we have and what could be used for these months. And most of the time, the uh, DNI directors are looking for that kind of programs. And um, that will get us into the door. Usually an ERG or a group that is focused on these specific topics are, for example, Google, they call themselves Googlers. Um, they have Gagelers, they have regulars and they have all these different interesting ERGs that are focusing on ageism or like all different topics and (laughs) so if they start get interested in the model the program sessions that we have then they will introduce us to to their DNI director and that and the subscription goes from there We've also, so far, honestly, we've had a lot of referrals, like United Airlines introduced us to Amazon and the person who was in DEI with women at workplace, United Airlines, she connected us to a colleague that she had at Amazon who was passionate about the same topic and the conversation started like that. So we haven't even started doing marketing and we are getting clients and as you can imagine with the startup life, 
that's why we are really uh, passionate about our fundraising now <laughs> yeah to make it happen um, as soon as possible because we want to focus on marketing and sales it's a very exciting time for us if if i gave you half a million dollars right now and said you had to spend it on sales and marketing how do you think you would spend it so uh, one of the biggest things that they found with sales and marketing corporations for B2B model is the kind of um, inbound and outbound uh, models that could be used. Definitely LinkedIn is a social media <laughs> platform that we could use uh, for uh, this model. But conferences and HR conferences and summits and specifically DEI conferences would be the best place for us because we have something that could even be used on those conferences and um, create the engagement right there. So sort of a sponsorship in these conferences would be the best place to show exactly what is there, what is in this model. Oh yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. And then from there, it's pretty easy. Another model that we are also pursuing right now and that's also related to our fundraising because we need the second version of our SaaS model <laughs> is channel partnership. So working with um, consulting firms, boutique consulting firms that already have some sort of training or other kind of programs on all these topics could give us access to lots of other opportunities through them. And we have with our uh, platform right now, we have a reseller um, white label model that we could put their branding beside our branding and use the platform for their programming. So add this component of storytelling to what they already have and make it even more engaging and attractive for companies. So there are two routes that we're trying to take. I've love it. I like the channel partner angle. Uh, while you were talking earlier, I was thinking of a couple of DNI consulting firms out of Chicago that I that I know that I was like, oh, I'll have mm -hmm. to forward this episode to them when after this goes live. So uh, I, <laughs> I think that makes Absolutely. a lot of sense. Thank you. Perfect. So, talk, okay, talk to me a little bit about scale. What do you think, you know, when you fast forward three to five years from now, not to go too far out in the future, but three to five years from now, what do you think the business looks like if you're successful? So we are uh, looking at, Three years from now, starting three years from now, when we have the recommender system in place and we already trained that module on, uh, with making the suggestions and um, scaling up with our sales, we can then start thinking about scaling out and going to a B2B2C model. And we're going to work on B2B2C model, again, from companies and corporations uh, place by giving vouchers to employees and just again, going with the Audible model, if they can have their own vouchers for having like family events or personal events with screening and Q&As on topics that they're passionate about. And it could be anything. It could be about cooking. It could be about any other topic that would make it more meaningful to watch a short story about, or it could be about mental health or conversations that are more difficult to bring in in a group of friends or family and that would facilitate that um so those vouchers would give them access to having this experience on personal level and then from there our goal is to uh, go towards that 
B2C model. Awesome. So become the audible for visual events. <laughs> yes. Uh, I've taken up uh, too much of your time already. Uh, we're already over. So let's use this as maybe a, a point to wrap things up. If, if anybody would like to get in touch with you directly, what's the best way for them to do that? Sure. Um, that would be definitely personal email, which is nasim.abdi at storybook.com. Um, as well as I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. <laughs> so if you are on LinkedIn, I would love to connect with you there. Also, if you like to have a demo and learn more about this model or see our platform, feel free to submit your request on our website, storyboard.com. Uh, book a demo and we'll give you a, a complete tour of what you could do with the platform and what are the contents that are out there? What are the curated themes that you could um, use and all that? Nassim, thank you so much for taking the time. You have an amazing background. I love the idea for the business. I think there's a lot of opportunity in what you're going after, in particular in the way that you've structured the, the business from a subscription perspective. Super excited to see how things uh, unfold for you guys. Thank you so much, Mark. Thanks for this opportunity. Thanks for having me. It was really, um, I really enjoyed this conversation. Likewise. I can't wait to watch uh, Secret Ballots. <laughs> Just um, uh, uh, cautious. <laughs> Notice that it's a pretty slow film. <laughs> if, you're, <laughs> if you're familiar with uh, Eastern movies, how slow they are. That's one of them. It's all good. <laughs> but it's human It's human comedy, so you're, you're going to laugh a little bit. <laughs> Thanks, Nassim. If you're thinking of launching a SaaS product, startup competitors can provide data on your closest competitors, survey potential users, or provide other product validation services. Learn more at startupcompetitors.com.